Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I was looking out my bedroom window across my backyard with a backdrop of a forest. I had a rabbit cage at the border of the forest adjacent to our work shed, roughly 40 feet away. I witnessed a six-foot-tall white rabbit with a dark vest facing the door to my pet rabbit cage. I went into shock as I was beginning to be skeptical of such things as the Easter Bunny as I was aging out of the concept. I couldn't believe my eyes. I maintained a visual of the rabbit and pinched and slapped myself so hard to try and wake myself up. The pain confirmed I was not dreaming. I rubbed my eyes. The giant rabbit was still there. I threw open the single-pane window which led to the backyard facing the rabbit cage. I yelled at the rabbit, Hey, I see you. I tried to volley up into the window to leap out and run to the rabbit in my tidy-whitey kid's underwear, but couldn't make it up out the window. It turned, looked at me, and took a series of bounds at high speed into the forest. 
I called my little brother, and he arrived at the window as the giant rabbit disappeared into the Douglas firs. I woke my parents and even a neighbor. I quizzed them as to a possible Easter costume, but I knew no one could make leaps at that speed, nor have such a detailed costume, and why run for that matter. They all had a good laugh at my expense. I explored my pet rabbit's cage and surroundings as well as the forest, soon after trying to get a sense of what occurred. No tracks and no trace evidence were left behind. The memory haunts me to this day because of the absurdity of the situation. For some reason, I thought I would Google this strange experience, such as the one I had observed in my youth as it stands out in my mind to this day. Your witness's story came up in my feed, and I have goosebumps as I write this. I am in disbelief and a little embarrassed, but feel compelled to tell you my story because this is beyond coincidence and indicates something bigger is going on. Currently, I am a retired police officer and forensic artist residing in central British Columbia. I have witnessed strange things in my life and career, but this childhood memory was so strange and not a hallucination. It feels like a relief to recount it, embarrassing or not. Thanks for your time. After the six-foot rabbit incident, I had a bizarre Mary Poppins song stuck in my head on repeat and I could not shake it. It really made no sense, as I was not a fan, and it was before my time. It was odd and ill-fitting for the occurrence, he added. The report referenced in the man's testimony came from Sharon, an Illinois woman who said that when she was eight or nine years old, she awoke early one Easter morning in 1961 or 1962 to see a six-foot-tall white bipedal rabbit wearing a black vest embroidered with multicolored glass beads hopping through her backyard. In further correspondence with investigator Tobias Wayland, the man noted some synchronicities between his and Sharon's experiences. What's very strange is the woman from her 1962 encounter had the same dog as me, Ian Airedale Terrier, and lived in a similar type of suburb and was close to the same age and circumstance, he said. Also, like the man, Sharon only submitted her report after seeing another article published by the Singular Footian Society on a childhood sighting of the Easter Bunny, while rare reported encounters with mythological beings. Associated with major holidays are not unheard of. This isn't a super scary experience or anything, but at the time. I was like ten or so. It was pretty unnerving. So I was staying with my grandparents, who lived pretty much in the middle of nowhere, and a dude knocked on their door. He asked for directions to town, but they lived on a dead-end road where the only way to get up there is to come from town, so he obviously knew where it was. They then pointed in the direction he needed to go, and then he said thanks. But instead of getting back into his car, he just ran off into the woods as fast as he could. They called the cops, but they never found him, so we have no clue what happened. He left his car in their driveway and never came back for it. I grew up in a poor neighborhood in Fairbanks, Alaska. My friends and I used to play outside together quite a bit. In the summer, we'd stay up way too late. One such summer night. When I was about 16, 
A friend and I were bumming around the neighborhood and chatting. My friend claimed that a person could see further in the night if they lay in a prone position. I called BS, so naturally we had to test it out. Before I continue, some context will help. We had lived in this neighborhood our whole lives. When we went to meet up to hang out, we would step outside, look down the street, and see each other coming from the other end of the street. I say this to impart to you the strong possibility that we have an accurate perception of depth, size, and walking speed in relation to the objects present in our neighborhood. So there we were, two kids lying in the middle of the road at night. Yes, we were incredibly stupid. We were looking off towards my house, which has exactly one intersection and exactly one street light visible in that direction. I was pretty content that I had won our little debate when a silhouette walked in front of that street light. It was generally humanoid, but seemed to be very tall and lanky. Its head seemed vaguely ovoid, but the rest of its body seemed kind of stretched out, too. Its movements were fluid and lithe. I don't know how to describe it exactly. Smooth motions, like if walking were swimming. It appeared to be highly efficient motions, in a sense. The silhouette did not appear to be wearing any clothes. The hair on my neck stood up immediately, and I realized I was holding my breath with fear. It crossed the street very quickly, emerging from a set of pines on one side and disappearing into a set of pines on the other. It seemed to cross in three glide-like steps, lasting only a moment. So much quicker than an adult human. My friend whispered in a panicked tone, Did you see that? I said that I had, and we agreed to get the hell out of there. We ran back to his house, locked the front door, then went to his room to bolt the windows and locked his bedroom door just to be on the safe side. Naturally, I had decided to crash there, but we just stayed up talking about what we saw and what it could be. I've told this story a couple times, and people always blow me off. Which is fine. I can appreciate skepticism. But the extra weird part for anyone that bothers to believe me is that we met someone else in our town who experienced the same thing. That same friend and I eventually wound up working for a pizza restaurant together as young adults. We were telling our assistant manager, not much older than us, that same story. He looked super spooked as we talked about it, and when he finished, he said he saw it once, too, when he was walking home from a high school party. Once he saw it, he turned around and went back to the party to try to find a place to crash there, unpleasant as that was. So, here I am. I mostly keep it to myself, but when people are willing to listen, I share it with the general sense that if they make fun of me, I'll be all right. My co-workers now are surprisingly cool with it. They don't believe me, but they've bought me an X-Files mug that says I want to believe just to show that it's no big deal. Despite so many people telling me my brain was playing tricks on me, I still keep my ear to the ground about humanoids, ETs, supernatural phenomena, and the like. Seen a couple UFOs since then, but nothing big. This whole thing probably happened around six or seven years ago. I lived in the middle of nowhere, Ohio, and had to make my own fun growing up. I was around 16 at the time, and my friends and I decided to start ghost hunting on the weekends. We've experienced small stuff here and there, nothing insane until we went to Rogue's Hollow. 
Rogue's Hollow was this old mining town where there was fires, disease, etc. that eventually made the town cease to exist. It's now a national or state park, I'm not sure, one of the two, but any who we decide it's worth exploring. First off, this place is in the middle of absolute nowhere. I drove a 98 Chrysler Concorde in those days, and it was an absolute chore getting there. The gang shows up. There's a total of four of us. It's getting pretty late, and we notice the house lodge where the park ranger stays, so we park a bit off to avoid getting caught. Didn't work out too well. Five minutes later, we are being questioned by an old guy who was the lone park ranger. He ended up being pretty cool and ended up telling us some of his personal experiences. He said he would. We could continue on if we promised not to do any witchcraft or satanic rituals. Apparently, that was a big problem he was dealing with. At this point, we ventured back into the woods where the town previously was at and stuff started getting weird. We could hear what sounded like pickaxes, men working, and voices in a lot of different directions. Needless to say, we were getting a bit on edge. We decided to start recording on our little EVP device we had. I'll see if I can find it somewhere and upload some stuff. We were getting words like fire, death, devil, collapse. Eventually, we stumbled on an old house. It definitely wasn't inhabitable and was about 50% burnt down. One of the others and myself decided to go inside of the house while the other two stayed back. As we approached the door, we turned back to our friends to give the old wish us luck, and they were sheet-white looking at the second story of the building. Directly above us looking out the window down at us was a man from the shoulders up and slightly transparent. He then disappeared, not leaning back into the house, just boom gone. Usain Bolt would have been proud of my sprint time leaving that place. Fast forward to the next day, and we decided to go back the next day and explore in broad daylight. We were walking two groups of two, about ten yards apart, one in front of the other. I was in the back, too. About one hundred yards into the wood line, and all of a sudden my friend and I both get grabbed on our shoulder, simultaneously hearing a very soft but distinct hello. At the same time, we turned and booked it out of there. I haven't been back since. If you guys like this, I'll post more of our ghost hunting experiences in the future. A few years ago, my boyfriend at the time and I were driving home from visiting friends. It was about 3 a.m., and we were taking a long, winding road down from the eastern suburbs to his house. This road has a pretty good view over the city and surrounding suburbs and out to the sea. There was one car on the road further in front of us, and as we came into the first bend, a huge round orange light appeared above the horizon. The light was easily three times as big as the outlines of construction cranes on the shoreline, and as we continued down into the next bend, the light turned into a wavy line across the horizon, and then disappeared completely. This happened within about ten seconds, and we checked to see if there were any reports of anyone seeing the same thing. There was nothing. My boyfriend and I were completely sober, and both saw the exact same thing, but could never find an explanation for what it was or how no one else in the city seemed to see it. To this day, I regret not following the other car to ask if they had seen it, too. I was an Uber driver in San Francisco. 
I spent on average 10 hours in the driver's seat in a day's effort I would make anywhere from $200, $300. I now moved to a different city. I was just starting my journey with the company. First day on the job, I'm super pumped to be talking to people that hailed me on the Internet only to get in my car. Story goes, I was on my second trip for the ride. Sharing company. Due to circumstances I cannot experience explain other than my lack of experience, I received a request at a swank hotel, the Ritz-Carlton. After accepting the trip request, I glanced at my phone to see the time it read 20 minutes past 10 p.m. I waited for what seemed as the longest five minutes on God's green earth. After deciding to leave three dishy Indian interns knock on my window and I let them in, the trip was amazing nobody was talking and one guy fell asleep. The trip was a long distance, 19 miles, and it was surging by 2.6, so I was about to get paid Major Green. Move. Comes to shove that wasn't the only Green that I was witnessing, and I see a guy in the back seat start to whimper. He had awakened from his sleep and started pulsing all over the back seat of my car without opening the windows. Sickened from the odor, I continued to drop them off at their hotel. Needless to say, I was green to my stomach with the grime and stench I had to clean up. Many rideshare drivers love what they do for their communities in support of establishing an equal price for transportation, as well as driving drunk people home safely. Please don't puke in their... Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Our cars. I never thought that walking home from my friend's place would turn out to be a nightmare that I would never forget. It was around 11 p.m., and the city lights were far away, and the only source of light was the dim moonlight. As I walked down the deserted street, I heard some faint footsteps behind me. At first, I didn't pay much attention, thinking it was just someone else walking home like me. But then, the footsteps grew louder and closer, and I started to feel uneasy. 
I started walking faster, hoping to put some distance between me and whoever was following me. However, as I picked up my pace, I heard him walking faster, too. My heart started racing, and I began to panic. I didn't know what to do and kept looking over my shoulder to see who it was, but I couldn't see anyone. The road ahead seemed endless, and I didn't want to turn back and confront the stranger. So I kept walking, hoping that I would reach the city soon. But the footsteps persisted, and I knew that I wasn't alone anymore. The stranger started speaking in a low voice, but I could still hear what he was saying. He kept repeating phrases like, come here and join us, which made me shiver. I knew that something wasn't right. And I had to do something to get away from him. My heart was pounding in my chest as I picked up my pace, hoping to lose him. But every time I did, he would catch up with me. I started to feel trapped and scared with the thought of what could happen to me. It felt like an eternity, and it was just me, him, and the wind. Finally, after what felt like hours, I saw the city lights in the distance. I knew I had to make a run for it, so I sprinted towards the lights, hoping to get away from the stranger. As I ran, I could hear his footsteps getting farther and farther away. I finally made it to the city, and I breathed a sigh of relief. I was safe now. But as I lay in bed that night, I remembered something that made me shudder. The stranger had something in his hand, and it looked like a knife. I didn't want to imagine what could have happened if he had caught up with me. From that day on, I made sure to avoid walking alone at night, and always stayed in well. In areas, the memory of that night will always stay with me, and I hope that I never have to experience something like that again. live in southern Canada and farm country. I do believe in the paranormal within reason. Example, if it can be something logical, I believe that first. I just cannot for the life of me explain how I have this memory of this forest from when I'm a kid. I was playing in the woods with my brother, hide and seek for anyone wondering, and I was the one hiding. I remember running as far as I could through the very familiar woods, and it's as if I crossed into another dimension. I ran across an invisible line into a place I'd never seen before. All the regular forest sounds that you would normally not notice were gone. This was scary for me. The trees seemed so much bigger. So I ran back the way I came all the way till I found my brother again. He found me right away and uh, calmed down. I told him about a part of the woods I'd never seen before, so he tries to find it, but never could. If you're looking for scariest non-paranormal, it's a story of my aunt's where the biggest coy wolf she had ever seen stares down her dogs in their fenced-in yard. Later, a trapper captured him and sent him to a dog-running place, where they train hunting dogs to chase. Don't worry, none of the wild animals are hurt there, and after they let it loose instead of running it tried to walk up to them aggressively, they got back in the truck and left. Apparently, as soon as the training guy brought out the dogs, this great big male, instead of running, sprinted straight at the dogs and killed one, and seriously injured another before the guys who already had their guns up were able to put it down. We are very sure that this big male coy wolf would have hunted my aunt and her dogs if she took them for a walk. I never thought I'd see a cougar in my area. I mean... According to official reports, there aren't any cougars around here. But there it was, crouched by the side of the road, 
its eyes fixed on something in the field. I slowed down my car and pulled over to the side of the road, making sure to keep a safe distance from the large cat. It was a beautiful animal with sleek fur and piercing eyes. I watched in awe as it stalked its prey, completely unaware of my presence. I couldn't believe my luck. I'd always been fascinated by big cats, especially cougars, but I never thought I'd get to see one up close like this. I grabbed my phone and started taking pictures, hoping to capture this incredible moment. As I watched the cougar, I couldn't help but wonder why the officials denied their existence in the area. I had heard rumors of sightings before, but they were always dismissed as hoaxes or misidentifications. But here was proof, right in front of me. I sat there for what felt like hours watching the cougar in awe. It was truly an unforgettable experience. Eventually, the cougar finished stalking its prey and disappeared into the woods. I sat there for a moment longer, still in shock at what I had just witnessed. As I drove home, I couldn't stop thinking about the cougar. I knew that officially there were no cougars in the area, but I had seen one with my own eyes. I couldn't help but wonder what other secrets the wilderness held waiting to be discovered by those brave enough to venture out into the unknown. Only about a month after moving into my aunt's house in a tiny woods town, I was startled very badly by an explosion. Seemingly right outside my window, it was so damn loud. Maybe the loudest thing I've ever heard. I looked outside and nothing. I kept waiting to see a fireball because my young brain legitimately thought a large bomb had gone off. Nobody else heard anything. Then there was the light. I would often find myself looking out over the forest behind the house because I thought a certain star was moving. Well, one night I'm watching it and it absolutely was moving. Maybe about two, three miles out over pure forest. Nobody living out there. It was moving all over the place. Then it started coming towards me over the course of like 15 minutes and slowly made its way towards the house. Must have only been going five, six miles per hour and a couple hundred feet up. This little orange light ended up passing directly over the house without a sound. The light never once flickered or made any indication that it wasn't a solid artificial light, but just passed over the house completely silently and kept going to the woods on the other side. My only theory would be a Chinese lantern, but its movements seemed so deliberate. My father had just picked up equipment for a job up Dixie Mountain Road, past the right fork of where the radio tower is on Upper Rocky Point Road. He was entering a bend in the road that took sharp left with old growth on the right. Second growth and more young deciduous on the left, where this power line pole pretty much marked the belly of this turn. When heading back down Rocky Point, about ten feet in front of my father's truck, what he only describes as a four or five feet tall creature with an AT-like head with matted down three four-inch brownish blonde hair crossed the road at a moderate pace. The creature entered the road way from the old growth on the right to the area on the left. Before entering the thick brush within ten feet of this pole, the creature paused for roughly twenty seconds looking straight ahead into the brush, avoiding eye contact as my father very slowly made his way around the corner.
This sighting was told to me by a man that I have known for over 20 years. We have hunted and fished many times together over the years, and I have never known him to tell tall tales. He is very respected in the community where he lives. He said that he had been cutting a load of firewood and was coming down a dirt road that goes from the bottom of the canyon on the Snake River and goes up into the timber. He said that it was hunting season, and from one place on this road he could look down the mountain, and he thought he could see a bear by a salt box. These salt boxes are put out by ranchers to put blocks of salt out for cattle. He said his intention was to shoot this bear, so he hurried down the road in his pickup. There are many switchbacks coming down this road, and so at times he couldn't see this thing. When he finally could see it again, he was about 400 yards from it. He said that it stood up on its hind legs and quickly walked about 40 to 50 yards where it went down into a steep creek bottom. He said that if it was a person, that the person would have been dressed in dark brown or black clothing from head to foot all in one color. He said that it was over six foot tall. He also said that there were no other vehicles in this area and no other roads into this area. He said that he didn't stop and go look for footprints and that he just kept on driving past the spot, but with a very funny feeling about what he had just seen. I still remember that day vividly, even though it's been years since then. That bluebird has been etched into my memory, and I can still see it clearly in my mind's eye. The four of us stood there in the summer sun, staring up at the sky and wondering what kind of bird it could be. We tried to describe it to our parents, but they didn't seem to believe us. They said it was probably just a blue jay or some other kind of bird we weren't familiar with. But we knew better. This was no ordinary bird. Over the next few days, we kept an eye out for the bluebird, but we never saw it again. We even went to our neighbor's house to ask them if they had seen it, but they hadn't. It was like the bird had never existed in the first place. But I knew what I had seen. I could still picture it in my mind, with its iridescent blue and green feathers and its long, majestic tail feather. It was unlike anything I'd ever seen before or since. As the years went by, I started to wonder if I had imagined the whole thing. Maybe it was just a figment of my childhood imagination. But then I remembered that my brothers and the neighbor's son had seen it too. We couldn't all have imagined the same thing. I've since moved away from that small town in Louisiana, but I still think about that blue bird from time to time. I've searched online for any information about it, but I've never found anything that matches the description of what I saw. Sometimes I wonder if the bluebird was a sign of something, a symbol of something. I was meant to see or understand. But maybe it, it was just a rare and beautiful creature that happened to fly over my house one summer day. Either way, it's a memory that I'll always carry with me. I was on a camping trip with a few family members in Wisconsin. My cousin and I had our bikes with us and were roaming the woods as kids do in the late 90s with no other means of entertainment. It was getting late and near dark, so we decided to head back. What we stumbled upon was a giant, at least to kid me, fire in the middle of a huge clearing in the woods and a ton of people hanging around. We were young and dumb and wanted to take a closer look. 
I don't remember what we saw exactly, but we did get chased out of there by some people. Never pedaled so fast in my life. I just googled it, and the campground no longer exists. I live in a small farm town called Weogufka. It's down near central Alabama, United States of America, but my worst experience was in a bigger, more known farm town called Fayetteville, which is about 30 minutes away. I was about 13 and me. My dad is, at the time, girlfriend, and her kids were out visiting an old graveyard, and I walked over to the end of the graveyard and was looking at a gravestone I thought stood out. I leaned against the fence while looking at the grave, trying to figure out why it stood out. As I was looking at it, I heard a snarl to my right, just over the fence. It was getting dark, so I couldn't see that far into the brush. I took a few steps back as the snarling stopped. For whatever reason, I walked back up to the fence. The snarling started again, as well as some heavy footsteps towards. I took off and went straight to the others, which luckily were getting ready to leave, so I jumped in the truck with them. As was silent, the whole way home. I didn't go back to Fayetteville again for a few years, not if I could help it. Was camping with an ex-boyfriend a few years back. There was a cornfield right across the highway next to the campground. We decided to go for a late-night walk in the cornfield. As we're getting it on, we hear something metal being dragged across the asphalt. Almost sounded like a tire iron. We clearly don't see anybody or anything that could be making that noise, and we're looking right in the direction the sound is coming from. We packed it in real quick and hurried back to the campground. Still don't have any logical explanation of what it could have been. 